only thing better than watching TV is taking it personally. Oh, wow. Here we go. (laughs) You guys. Oh, my God. Welcome back to Taking It Personally, the second episode of this new beginning by Ramona adventure where we continue the conversation happening on AG with some other shows we need to discuss. And I'm so excited to be joined by someone whose first journey into the Clawfus is eliciting so a deep dive of all deep dives. You know her as co-founder and chief creative officer at Betches Media, host of the Morning Announcements podcast, someone with a couple things to say about a certain show we're both obsessed with. Welcome to Taking It Personally and a very important succession finale deep dive, Sammy Sage. Sammy, how are we? I am great. I was trying to think of a succession related word, but it just didn't come to me. I mean, how to succeed in business without really trying, except everyone's trying so fucking hard. Oh my gosh. I I am feeling, I'm feeling a little bit down that this is, that the season yeah. has concluded, mm. but I'm very happy with how it ended. Yeah. And I have just, I mean, this was really one of my favorite shows. It's definitely top five for me. So I am very, very ready to talk about it. I'm thrilled to be here as your second guest. I that mean, is very special. Very special. Thank and you. I think the ways that we communicate and discuss and sometimes admire the world of Housewives discourse, let alone the world of Housewives and Bravo content, does apply to other forms of TV because in the ways that we're studying potentially human behavior on and off Bravo and fucking Peacock, is there no better example of that than succession? Is that in t- is that even possible? I mean, I think it's pretty rare that you get a show where the characters are written so well yeah. that you can actually do that with it. Mm. You know, because it's not just about, you know, the show isn't just about kind of moving the plot forward and, you know, making... You know, I think there's very few shows that you can like almost psychologically deep dive them as if they are real people because that's how developed they are. It feels so real to me that it's almost difficult to unpack without getting so emotional because I feel like the stakes for these people, it is it's a wild thing because it's such an escapist universe for so many of us. We're talking about people with access, characters, LOL, with access to like billions of dollars. It helps that they've been created or inspired by different characters. I was listening to the Succession, uh, the official Succession podcast, and the way that Carol was talking to um, Alex, what's his face, who plays um, Skarsgård. Yeah. Skarsgård. The way that she was talking to him about, you know, like Elon is the inspiration for the role, and he's dancing around it saying, oh, you know, then there are many characters and many people, and I'm sure he's a hundred percent I'm sure that that is entirely possible and yet it is the very specificity of this universe that's attracted so many of us to it because there is at the end of the day who doesn't understand having a toxic dad the stakes might be different when you're going to war potentially with your siblings over a multi-billion dollar industry that had always been told to you as the definition of your life is to move forward in such a way that you will succeed me you know, the great father, since you were seven, I am your parent. I'm also the parent to thousands of employees and to my inner circle who's going to battle to get the crown for my attention, but also love. I mean, there's a part of that that's so devastating, but also so understandably connective for many of us. Right. I think for, I think it made it easier to connect to the characters because they were these like despicable billionaires But at the end of the day, they are missing this one very elemental thing that everyone can understand. And to see them suffer that fate, I think, feels okay enough to the audience that you can kind of, it sort of makes it okay to watch them without full disgust or that you can root for one of them against the other. Yeah. And there are some ways that I've seen Succession talked about in the greater audience to the greater audience within the world of viewers that has to me been sort of surprising or just something that I disagree with one the way and guys 100% spoiler warning if you haven't watched the show do not listen to this episode I beg of you watch the show in full we're going to discuss the finale and everything fucking else so 
Fair warning, it's been days since the finale aired. I don't know what you're doing if you are a Succession viewer and haven't watched it, but... Why did you get past the title of this podcast? It's called... It's Succession. It's called literally Succession for a reason. Look, some people like to have it ruined, and that's fine. And that's fine, fine. and I'm so thankful to you for listening, but I would, as a Succession... Succession happens to be my number one favorite show of all time. It is my absolute number one. Did it unseat something? Um, God, that's a really great question. Uh, For a period of time... I mean, the others in the top five would probably be like The West Wing, um, Larry Sanders. Um, I mean, this is I mean, how... The West Wing is, you know... It's a biggie. It's a biggie. But it also gets into... The West Wing is sort of almost a fairy tale of understanding morality and right and wrong. And good will always triumph. Sometimes there's a sacrifice. And Succession sort of looks at that and laughs. It's like the dark underbelly of... Maybe this is as imaginary to some people as the West Wing was, but there is always, always, always a cost. Well, I think, I mean, we could we could go here for just one quick second. Yeah. I mean, the West Wing, yeah, that's written, that was very much of its time. I mean, it's also sort of like the way I look at Harry Potter, mm. although that's for children. It's like the world was sort of viewed in these more, I don't want to say that, I mean, I wasn't an adult then, but my sense of of art was that things tended to be less ambiguous. And then I think you later with The Sopranos had the rise of like the oh, anti-hero. Oh, in my top five. Me Sopranos too. Yeah. So I think you then had, you know, you had the, once you had the rise of the anti-hero before Taylor Swift made it a song name, although I do think it is, <laughs> it is emblematic of the time. I think now it is easier to understand people more as anti-heroes than as heroes and I think that's a good thing kind of because it allows for nuance it allows for understanding that like there's no heroes and there's no like total evil people except Tom Sandoval maybe Mm. maybe um but you you know I think that it um I think that there's been a lot more nuance invited since the West Wing and you know yeah, and I think the the conversation that I found so interesting, albeit one that I have not had any interest in participating in, is twofold. It's the, these are all terrible people doing terrible things, and that's all they are. And two, Shiv, as of the series finale, is a piece of shit. Oh she my was gosh. just acting out of rash behavior. She's nothing more. She fucked it up. And that's where we, and that was so upsetting to me that I started to like mute people who are fellow content creators or whatever on social because I was like, I can't stand these takes. Like it was so I don't know, I guess simplistic in a way or so black and white. And I felt a part of me was like, you missed the entire point of this fucking show, which isn't about just these are bad people doing bad things these are adults trying to process I mean lol for me just making it into a two-second spiel but like trying to process and live through and survive the trauma that has been a part of their lives since birth right and in it's couched in this massive cultural commentary right and we want to just make oh these are shitty people it's like why have you been watching They've shown you that. They showed you that the first day. So, like, why are you still watching if you you just – if you think that that's all there is? Like, is that really – if I think people are really shitty, I stop – I kind of am like, ugh, bye, if I don't think there's anything redeeming about what it's wrapped in. And it's wrapped in so much more than just these people suck. And to your point about Shiv, I mean, I've really been thinking on this, and maybe we want to have this as a longer discussion as another day, but I think there is a full way that – this show can be watched from, I don't want to say like a feminist perspective, but yeah, the perspective of, of, from Shiv's perspective specifically as a woman and knowing that this was the best she was ever going to get and the audience's reflection of how they perceived her final move, I think is such, is like method acting it into the world almost. Mm. Um, and especially when you contrast it with the reaction that Kendall got for all of his really terrible behavior, the benefit of the doubt, the mental gymnastics that people I that I've seen people do to defend Kendall and defend his behavior and be like, oh, he was really doing this because he wanted to free his brother. And what? Oh, with his like popping the stitches, like yeah, like people. Oh, he knew he likes pain, so he wanted to oh, well. give him like sure, but that's not why he did it. Why and. Like and if you he took did a, it to get closer to his ownership of the to company get the, to yeah. knock him out to be like no more of this like he didn't do it to to make Roman's 
feel, you know, to help his fifis. Like, you know, it wasn't to make he, him. He did it to serve a greater purpose. He was like, you need pain. I'm going to provide yeah. that for you because it's wrapped up in shame because you're saying I, I look too well. People are not yeah. going to believe that the only reason I'm not getting this is because I'm fucked up. So I thought Kendall was like, OK, let me hurt you with love, with kissing you on the head oh, so that, that you can vote yeah. in my favor. It wasn't it wasn't an act of um, it wasn't an act of service to uh, to Roman in and of itself. It was Kendall saying, you are telling me people uh, Jerry's here. I'm triggered by that. I don't know how to move forward. People are going to wonder. I'm spiraling out. They're going to wonder why I'm not doing this. I don't look ill enough I to not he be did in this. Look ill enough, by the way. I mean, of course, but that's a part of it. He's literally <laughs> yeah. has a damage, a, a, a damage, a bandage on his face, and he looks. He's he does looks not like look like himself. He looks yeah. like a fucking mess. And so, Kendall, I thought in that moment was like. I will fuck you up. I will fuck you up with love because that gets me one step closer to not you being well, but me succeeding to the crown. So I thought he was going to fuck him up, but not, I don't think it was like out of love. Like, I don't, I don't think I think it was anything... getting him one step closer to the yeah. final. I think but he I think thought only... it was with love. I think he thought oh, it was no. with affection, but at the end of the day, he's looking to getting to the goal. He's not like, let me help you help yourself. Oh no, I didn't even read it as like really with any affection like I read that as like okay maybe that's like how he justifies it to make it just not pure violence but like my my sense is that like Kendall went really 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 dark in this episode Mm -hmm. and I think the way that people perceived him as somehow like less terrible than Shiv even though she was the one who like turned on him and like let's be real she was right he couldn't be CEO they were all bullshit And the way that everyone's just like, Shiv's the worst. It's like, no, like Kendall was the worst. You wanted him to be to get the job because that's like his he's the antagonist. He's the antihero. And there's a bit of misogyny clearly wrapped up in this and how I think the characters are perceived. And I think it gets into who deserves to be the one at the top, who deserves to be the CEO, I think. There was an understanding coming out of that funeral when Kendall fucking killed it, for lack of a better phrase, <laughs> that he was going to be the one. It was the way the potential future president was looking at him. It was the way that Roman, unfortunately, was looking at himself. There was a direction this was headed in that at one point, I think, was probably a relief to the siblings that last night in Barbados where they're like, OK, a decision has been made. And that is something maybe they needed for each other. They needed to get out of their own way so that they could look at each other at least with a shared moment of affection and love. And then it all kind of went to shit. It's not going to that emotion is not going to last forever. But what do you think changed in Shiv's mind? What was the inciting incident for her in that boardroom where she couldn't vote yes for Kendall, meaning, you know, no for I imagine it almost like, you know, you start to roll something down a hill Mm. or like a very slow incline, but then it like picks up the pace towards the end. Um, And I picture it like, okay, I think first of all, taking them out of the environment to the to their mothers, Mm -hmm. I think made it easier for them to arrive at a decision. Yeah. And just have one. And even though I don't even look, she was decided for all of 12 hours. You know, we're not talking about something that she had like come to terms with. Like it's not, none of these people are that committed to anything in their heads. So my sense is that, okay, you bring them first, you take them into, you bring them back into the Waystar environment. You're already like moving their, their neurons are already firing differently Mm -hmm. than they were on Mm -hmm. vacation. And then I think there were a series of things that happened that led her to, ultimately change her mind I think the first thing was Carolina coming up to her and saying like we can change the culture I want to get Hugo out and I think that that was meant to show that Kendall lied the night before when he said that Carolina knew that Shiv was out so she's now like wait why is she coming to me if if she supposedly knows I'm not gonna be the one so I think that's the first thing she's like wait this is weird why did Kendall did Kendall lie? What's up with that? So I think that's number one. Then I think when they all went into Logan's office and he puts his feet up on the desk mm. and he starts being like all 
you're not your fucking grilled cheese and molly man to stewie and like promising him a role and it's like what it's okay we literally just get we give you haven't even had the vote yet and you are already acting like like you have just brought up the profit by a billion dollars like it's just like <laughs> absurd i mean even the fact that like because he gave a good speech at the funeral now he's going to be the ceo like okay like lots of people can give a good eulogy you know true it's not like that's not doesn't qualify you to be a the head of a multinational corporation so even if your last name is on the the building so so there was that and then i think they went into the into the boardroom and i think the way in which he pitched it where he just stands up and he's like don't like this deal. You want to do the deal? You're going to have to go through me. And it's like, okay, you're not even going to make a business case. You're just going to be like, look at the packet that I let's let's not say let's not actually discuss this. Let's just move to a vote. Then she realizes he does not have the votes counted because he's a fucking moron. And he's like, he doesn't even understand that he needed to get more security than just like, oh, like Roman and Shiv and like, I'm going to drink this gross milkshake and then it's going to be fine. Like he, there, there was no strategy in like where people sat. Like that's the kind of thing that a CEO is thinking. Uh, Kendall, I think, saw like the grand proclamations that Logan made, but he didn't understand that there was like mechanics behind it. It wasn't just random how he was going to win the vote on, on any given vote. Like, Kendall thinks like I'm just going to use a bunch of big words and obviously like I'm inevitable. So then as it's go as the things are going, the the votes are going around, I think number one, Roman hesitated a little too long that mm. she felt and I think that gave her time to be like, wait, 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 like, are we not like maybe we, we don't sure? need to do this? And it's a very quick calculation. My husband's the alternative. You know, and it's not like, oh, Walter guy is the alternative. It's like my own husband who I may be with. I don't know. It's unclear. But I could she thinks she knows she can get him back. Mm. Um, and then she left. And I think that even up to that point, she wasn't done deciding. But I think that the way he treated her in that room, the way he wouldn't give her a second to think, that forced her to say, I'm actually not sure. And then once it was out there, she could actually change her mind. And then once he started, he kept pushing her and that almost like convinced her more. And then once he said the thing about not killing the kid or like, which kid? Right. What the fuck? Uh, which, yeah, number which? one. Right. That was an odd moment. That was an odd moment. And once it just went from there and then he attacked Roman, I think it was just, that's when she was like, no. Yeah. I mean, so many great points. I do. Um. I did have a different impression of that moment with Carolina. I thought the Carolina moment for Shiv was seeing this person saying we're changing the culture, whatever else, and just lying to her face. I think that's when Shiv sort of, to me, I was processing that moment of I had seen the press release written by Carolina. I had seen the X's where my name was supposed to be. I understood that everybody else was working to push me out and that there was an understanding I wouldn't be the one and I'm pretending to act accordingly that I don't know that this stuff is going on. But the idea of like changing the culture is completely ridiculous because Carolina was working with, um, why do I just keep forgetting? With Logan. Madison. With, with um Sarsgaard. Hugo. Yeah. With yeah. uh well no, with um uh Matson. Yeah. Was working with am I saying that right? For some reason the cold is like catching up with me. Where Okay. Um yeah, where my brain is like no, you scattered. Sound totally fine. Um yeah. where Carolina is working with that team to push forward Gojo and it wasn't about Carolina not being looped in. She was like a part of that kind of spirit and vibe which is why to me tom was like hugo go fuck yourself where's carolina because she's a part of that new tribe moving forward no that that's what i mean i think that she i i think that the, the press release could have been not necessarily written by her mm. but you know when they were on the island and kendall's like everybody knows call carolina right. so then what i mean maybe what you're saying you're saying she was kind of like messing with her or like she was a part of i mean she was pretending that i thought that um shiv would be a part of this new cycle moving forward but knew that she was not because they had like the x's where the name of the ceo would be i assume that she was a part of that sort of strategy taking place of like yeah we're gonna move change the culture but also 
the part of that changing the culture is like you being gone. Right. Well, when did they decide? I think they kind of decided on Tom at the same time that Kendall was telling her, check the press release and there were the exes instead. Right, 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 right. So she she didn't find out until the next, you know, let's call it midday. She meaning? She care. didn't find out oh, yeah. until the next midday and and that it, it right, was going to be Right, at Logan's Tom. house. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I also think that maybe... Carolina didn't know what side Shiv was on. Maybe she yeah. didn't know that Shiv was going to go with Kendall yet. Maybe mm-hmm. she still thought that Shiv was part of the Gojo transition. Because, right. like, she – last time everyone checked, she was. Mm-hmm. So my feeling was that it was about Kendall trying to, like, bullshit her that everyone knew she was out to get her to turn on Matson. So how much of Shiv's decision do you think was voting for Kendall versus not Tom, if that makes any sense? Like how much of how much of Tom was a factor in Shiv deciding not to align herself with Kendall? I think he was less of a factor when that he, than he was when she asked Logan not to make him be the one to go to jail. Yeah, that's true. But I think that he was probably maybe like 25 percent is what Mm -hmm. i'm guessing i think it was a quick calculation that she made which was that she the better i mean when you think about what what really advances her interests Mm -hmm. voting for tom voting for the acquisition taking all this money off the table rather than sticking with her brother who is has shown that he's ready to fuck her over in a second so i feel that it was Kendall was never the, the, I don't think she ever thought it, Kendall was right. I think let's say there was a third option who was not Tom, but not Kendall either. She could have gone with them. Right. Um, but I think that it was more a little more not Kendall, maybe a lot more not Kendall, but also that the situation with not Kendall was actually pretty good for her. Yeah, maybe the vote for not Kendall was a vote for herself. Maybe Tom was. was an extension of like, this is the way that I get freedom. And also, I need you to show, give me an example of why I need to vote for you. And he could not because his desperation, I thought Kendall's desperation was like so unsuccessful that it felt so discount, discounted from Logan himself, where it was like, okay, well then what am I even doing here? Because the one thing that we had uniting us, one of maybe a couple things, was that day in Italy when you were sitting on the fucking dirt and you told us that you killed someone or that your actions led to someone's death. Now you are so desperate to, you know, receive this title that you're telling us this one moment of deep truth and deep brokenness was a lie. It wasn't necessarily about whether or not it was real. It was you making this decision, which was so deeply flawed from a strategy perspective and broke every potential boundary or level of intimacy that we shared that you just fucked yourself in the end. Like that was the one thing that you could have potential. I'm throwing this at you because a CEO shouldn't have necessarily killed someone. And your response to that is telling me you could never be a CEO, which which has nothing to do with this person's death. It's your reaction to it and walking it back. Right. It's also right. Once they're in the weeds of whether you killed someone, didn't you said it, but you didn't. It's an issue. Is it not? Once you're in that space, it doesn't sit well on the tongue, as Raya Jarrell would say. <laughs> it just once you get into that space, you're like, what? Why? There's a million people who are very good at business in the world. Why are we even having this conversation? The chairman approves of the deal. Most of the shareholders approve or of the board of directors approve of the deal. Why are we even considering that? This person who may or may not have killed someone, and that's not even to touch the litany of other problems. Like when he was when he went on TV and called his father a malign influence on the company, mm. and then had no case. Like that, all of that is just not even being like. Are, what, why are we acting like he's the only other option? And also, he's not in control of himself. Which the irony here of talking about control when you're engaging in a conversation about killing someone or again your behavior when you were out of control drunk high whatever oh else i said one or two on tokes right. no you were searching for drugs that's and and that's not the point because this is 
just why is that even we shouldn't even be talking about this if this is up for discussion in a, any conversation about any head of a public company then we have a really big problem yeah and also as logan himself thought of himself logan is like i'm a killer first i'm the person who will do anything to get the job done and in that moment i think shiv was like okay well you're a different kind of killer potentially okay. but like you're not the kind of pr if you can't even land this with me and a room of just the siblings you're going this is going to come crashing down and him saying it's the only thing that he can do well if i'm looking at you and i'm thinking i don't think you can do this then you not being able to do anything else is first off not on me and not a great indicator that you're right for this role it's also just like, okay, if there's nothing else you can do, then maybe you're not really supposed to do this either because I would hope that you could at least go be a CEO at a different multinational conglomerate. Right, why this one? Because it's your dad's. Like, it's, that's, and that's where no one's, that's like the rail no one's touching is that like, he, none of them had any business in this, but because everyone was too afraid to stand up to Logan, they're okay with having a joke of a COO and two CE bros. It's just so, it's just so ridiculous but also, he didn't have a Logan didn't have a succession plan because there was no one who could. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which 
to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. That's exactly right. And that was the whole, that dark moment where Roman's like, and Logan didn't think that your kids were real. He Because they were adopted, they weren't a part of your specific, quite literal bloodline. So they weren't a part of this dynamic. At least Shiv's kid is someone that is going to be by a lot, in Roman's distorted view, repeating what his dad said, a part of our like biological family and the future of power. And when you think about the idea of bloodline, that's exactly it. It's why his uh, Kendall's name was once written down and then a line was drawn near it, if not through it, because the bloodline prohibited these kids from attaining the crown. I think that was actually a benefit for Tom, not necessarily in Logan's eyes, but in the eyes of the new owner of like, who is better for this role? Actually, the fact that this isn't one of Logan's kids, this is an outsider, helps. Like, this is, and also I would argue that if Logan was still around, well, this argument over uh, 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 someone to succeed probably wouldn't be taking place. But if you asked Logan while he was alive, of the four contenders, apologies to conheads everywhere for just automatically taking him out, but is it going to be one of the three kids or is it going to be Tom? I wouldn't be surprised if Logan was like, you know what? I might actually have more in common with Tom, someone who is willing to sacrifice his wife during the best of days to get me one step ahead. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what it wasn't just Matson who wanted a pain sponge. It was Logan knowing that the person who takes that role naturally needs to be a pain sponge because that is the nature of it. And mm. Kendall's always looking for comfort. You think about even Connor called them needy love sponges. Right. And I think that that is so emblematic of who they were they grew up in all the comfort 
and Logan, I agree, felt more in common with Tom, who was a striver, who was willing to move, to try to claw his way up, go for that fight for a knife in the mud Mm. that Logan really, you know, that really informed his worldview. But I I agree with you that the, the bloodline question of it all is so interesting because it was never really... That, it was never referred to in that way throughout the whole show. It was always about the succession plan in a corporate sense. Right. But why were they even part of that conversation? Because of the bloodline. Right. So for it to never be a conversation, I just thought this was so how well written it was, for that to never be an, a stated part of the conversation. But then when it came to this like do or die moment, like who is it? Are they going to give the company up and end that corporate bloodline? Or are they going to keep going? Who should be in charge? That Roman weaponized it in that moment was so, and that we learned, we as the audience learned that Kendall, I think we're, we're all saying he can't, he probably can't have biological kids of his own, at least according to the show's canon. So he, it, it really, it like, there were no surprise plot points, but that reveal changes everything and really contextualizes why he was so desperate mm. because if he can't leave a legacy biologically he felt that this was and he felt that this was promised to him it must have any type of legacy as a concept must have been wrapped up in this for him so it really like makes se- it makes it make sense why he was so desperate and why he's come to this place that he is now yeah, and the great tragedy of the show is that that CEO role, the future of the company and their father's legacy and grip is never going to leave any of them. Like, uh, you know, you look at Roman, who's still stuck in it, the last moment of him sipping that martini, and there's this like wry, pained look on his face of maybe cheersing to who knows, God knows what. Nihilistic. Right, but thinking that he is this this man is going to be in pain for the rest of his life. The way that, I mean, there were two moments when I cried in quick succession, for lack of a better term, after each other. I sobbed in the car when Tom reached for Shiv's hand, but did it in such a formula, formulaic, conservative way where she just, like, they couldn't lock fingers. It wasn't a point of contention. It was a point of... We're accepting that we're not aligned and we're just going to deal with it. Well, I don't even know what dealing with it looks like. That we are in two different. I don't see. That's interesting because um, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo said that on the last episode, too. And I disagreed with her during that episode because I don't I think there was a resignation here of this is we're in this cycle that we can't necessarily get out of. And I don't know that. Shiv wants to and I don't know that Tom wants to stay in like the power dynamics are such that it felt like Shiv had sacrificed herself and her own independence and was now back to being her mom and like the chapter book beginning with Shiv's mom trying to tell the kids get out of this trust me you don't want to be in this save yourselves like have this generation stop this curse and to see her sort of double down on it and become the role her mom was fighting against was so upsetting to me. And then the other part where I just lost my shit was seeing um, was seeing Kendall walk toward the water in like frigid air with Colin following him, which to me was like, oh, my God, you're never far apart from your dad. And there was something so upsetting about that, but also comforting over the fact that like his father was still trying to protect him with Colin standing behind him there to save him, potentially guide him and how just absolutely devastating that is because these kids are never going to survive their father. They're never going to be him. He tried to break them en route to see if they would still come out of that intact. They're never going to be able to get out of his shadow. There's no promise here for any kind of independence. They're all still so fully stuck. And there was something devastating about that to me. Like the answer for all of us was like, oh, I guess it's going to be Tom. It was a shock to many of us, myself included. But also when you look back, how could it have been anyone else? It was never, it could never have been the kids. They were never, ever going to be their dad. 
yeah, and I mean, that's why it is a tragedy. Jesse Armstrong right. acknowledges it was meant to Mark be a tragedy. Mark acknowledged it too, the longtime director. And I mean, I like that it, I like that it's a tragedy because I think you couldn't have set this show where they set it in the time they set it in, in the environment and not had it be that because I think his point was that like living in this world and pursuing power in this way and manipulating people and assaulting them and berating them, all of that like steals your soul and makes you, you know, makes you dark and tragic. And I think that with Kendall, the... I don't even, I think about it as like protection, but I also think about it as like, he's, you have a babysitter. Like your dad left you a babysitter. Because he didn't trust you with yourself. Yeah. And that is. And maybe you didn't trust yourself. That's why you went up to Colin. And and hired him. I mean, that is so dehumanizing. And then with Shiv, it's, you know, we could talk about the, you know, did, did, did they like it? I think in both Shiv and Tom, there is a little bit of both like sadism, sadism and masochism in both yeah. of them, which is why I say that I think they like it. And I don't mean they like it in like they're oh, enjoying they're it. Enjoy- I don't think they're like, oh, this is hot and sexy. But I think that they almost, you know, you know how people who go through trauma or chaos, like you feel more at home in chaos. Mm. It's just me. Um, it's like <laughs> it. I think that it's like, OK, maybe they don't like it, but they feel comfortable, comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. And that is its own liking, you know, that that keeps you in in its own way, because mm-hmm. even though it like feels terrible, it actually feels a little worse to be happy because you don't it feels so unfamiliar and uncomfortable. You don't feel like you're at home. So it's it, it's sad that Logan gave them a home. That felt so terrible because now they're, they'll only ever feel at home in that. Yeah, and also their ability to fight for the crown, noting that the way they worked to sacrifice each other was potentially an example of how they could professionally get ahead. And how fucked is that? Like it was really a volleying back and forth of what I will do to you in order to get myself one step ahead, which is what enabled Tom in the end to win. Like the way that she was trying to burn him to Madsen of like, he will sort of like, he'll do whatever it takes, suck anybody's dick. Like that's the way that he'll get ahead. He has no allegiances. How potentially wonderful that could sound to someone who wants a figurehead. They're like, oh, I want somebody to be my bitch. Sounds like he's the perfect match. She wouldn't have said that if she she attempted to protect his job by being like, you know, he's well liked, whatever else, but I don't care. Whatever you do, it's going to be fine. I'm not going to try to protect or defend you. I'm going to do a a shorter version of what I did at the night before election party media event. I will sacrifice him as an LOL. (laughs) And for Tom, it's like, well, you know what? You don't want to hire my wife at the end of the day. You want me to be a sneak attack? I'll do whatever the fuck you want. I'll be your puppet. You don't, the, which LOL, them saying that Vulture was that article. That article looked like Vanity Fair. That was an illustration from Vanity yeah, Fair. It was. Not New yes. York Mag. But like yes. the, the way that no one will ever, ever say that I am your puppet and I am happy to do that dance. Yeah, no, I think that, and Shiv not understanding what yeah. Matson needed. In oh, the U.S. CEO that is she... always going to win. Always right. going to win. But she didn't even understand what he needed in the idea. Like, she conceives the U.S. CEO, but she doesn't even understand what the purpose of the U.S. CEO... She even kind of says, oh, he's pulling her strings, but then why are you pitching your husband for the job that you conceived for yourself and not putting together that that's what he wanted? Or for ATN to, like, I want to yeah. keep, you know, how do you see ATN moving forward? Do you see it with Tom? Because he's perfectly fine and he's needed, but he doesn't have an opinion. And I assume that having opinion and leadership is a good thing. I don't understand at this point that that's, regardless of what you've said to me, that's actually not what you want. You want to stay in complete control. Me having an opinion and a voice is actually bad. Yeah, I mean, she, I think, was so unused to people taking her seriously or even pretending to take her seriously that she didn't try to get anything in that exchange. Mm. Or she did, but she gave more without having anything even kind of fake promise to her. You know, and I think that she was in a vulnerable position all season because this has only been a week. You know, her father died. She's pregnant. She's not. It's unclear what's going on with her husband. And I think that he played her. And it was... uh, He meaning... Matson played her. 100%. And I mean, TBD, what will happen with Tom... Do you have any like 
I mean, these are fake people, so no, they're very predicting real. is like <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but do you see like any hope for sibling relationships coming out of this? I don't know. It's something I've you know I tried to do as much reading as I possibly could as as soon as the series was done, and that was something I honestly had stayed away from because I would try to read interviews with members of the cast or guest stars after episodes, and they would hint at things, and it would drive me into a fucking spiral, like. Um, it was either Stewie or Nate had done some fucking interview and they referenced the election coming up again. And I was like, what does that mean? So I kept thinking the election was going to be a bigger part of the ending after the election night episode. And it gave me so much agita to think that like I understood something crazy happening as far as a plot device before it did. So that was difficult. But in reading some of the interviews with Mark and Jesse, the conversation around, um, the sad the fact that the story is never going to have a happy ending is what has stayed with me the fact that this is ultimately a tragedy and there is no seemingly no way for these people or potentially any people to change which was at the heart of this and what made it so upsetting because maybe the the hope for these characters in and of themselves as a point of survival and maybe success was to not necessarily change but mature into this role but ultimately were you ever going to were you ever born to really take it you know that's what was so devastating to me so I don't know when it comes to relationships with each other I don't know I don't know what is left because we saw that moment of connection between them and Barbados but that was a callback to their childhood but where are we as adults I don't know that anyone can explain it and I don't know for Kendall I'm sure he feels like he was misled and manipulated by Shiv but like can he touch into the fact that there was something she saw of him that changed her mind he in that point at that point maybe this is the thing that would bring him too much guilt and shame but like he could have had her but he lost her. It was on him at the end. She was looking for him to show her I was right for this or wrong. And he showed her all of the worst examples. She went based off of his behavior and his reaction. And he lost her at the end. It wasn't she lost him, which is how he thought of it and processed it. You know, he lost her. That's like Ariana and Sandoval. Yeah. You lost her. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think that you're absolutely right. I could see some hope for Roman and Shiv. definitely and I think that's the trauma bonding too right like that's the thing that everybody always fucking talks about is the right I mean I think it is survivorhood of it I think it is very sad to be that that the message is that they can't change but I believe that part of it is that humans I think really need to in a lot of cases experience consequences or understand the be able to feel internally the actual possibility of consequences Mm. and when you have people who never experience them and don't really ever have the possibility of them because they could always just kind of make it go away. It's very difficult to change if you never even get a taste Mm -hmm. because what are you basing it on? Like what would be the incentive? What would be the motivation? And that's what I think is so sad in that. And Logan knows that. I think he knew that, that he had set that up their lives up in such a way. Um, And there was one more thing you would mention the election, like thinking it would be sort of this, you know, big piece. And you weren't the first person who had said that to me. And I think that I think that the, the election was it seems to us as viewers, oh, that should be bigger or it should be like not here at all. But what I read that as is this was a show about power. Politics is a, you know, the actual translation of power. And the kids never understood why Logan cared about PGM, why he wanted the TV stations, why he was so interested in media for that reason Mm. they just wanted to like get a lot of eyeballs they thought it was like a dying breed why would you still go after this dinosaur right exactly but they didn't understand that that's where all the influence right into politics came from and Logan and Kensley even said you're a high-class hooker you're just paying off presidents like Mm. but they didn't get that connection between like this this is what that this news this control of the media this control of opinion and setting the narrative is what gave him political power, which is what gave him economic power. And I think that they put the election as the, what was it, third to last episode? Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to, in a greater sense, the, write, the writers or whatever it is, send the message that 
that's another thing that the kids lost and botched. They didn't understand why Logan prioritized that. And at the end of the day, they also lost that. Even though it was Logan's candidate, they still weren't able to use him to influence the deal in the way that Logan would have. So it's like that all went over their heads too, that that was a key piece of of his economic control and that that was important. It wasn't just like a random thing he did. And just to clarify, I didn't, I wasn't confused as to why politics was a huge part, especially of the last oh, season. No, I was like, just yeah. thinking like, because I had read an interview with an actor where they referenced it was, don't, don't think that this isn't going to yeah. come up. It's going to circle back that I was still thinking we were going to get a part of this to come up. But that's also, as you said, uh, so eloquently, the part, the political piece also is another example of how Tom understood and the ways that he would utilize his power was to say, I'm not going to put forth any idea of my personal politics or morality. I'm speaking to the greater audience, however they want to. And however, maybe the journalists, LOL, um, the people at this station at ATN, however they want to utilize that or manipulate that, I'm not going to be the judge and jury, even though he quite literally, as the head of ATN, would be potentially in that role, making sure that they were being responsibility. He was saying, my responsibility is in no way moral. I have a responsibility to the shareholders and nobody else, which I think is an understanding that surely Roman got, but he at that point wasn't in a position of power to be respected when it comes to taking on that title. It was only going to be Tom or maybe Kendall or Shiv having that convo, but no one at that point had the kind of potential that Tom did. Yeah, and I think Tom is smart enough, but also like wily enough to realize that, realize when to take responsibility and when to leave responsibility, when to take credit and when to not. Like mm -hmm. he's saying, um, you know, I don't have any, I don't make the call with the, when they did do the election call, he was like, I don't make the call. You make the call. Right. But when he wants Megan to know that he made the call, he's like, I'm, I let, let Greg let him know that we made the I made the call. Right. And Greg's like, I made the call. I told these people. It's like he knows when to be like, it's not my fault versus I actually did this for you. Speaking of Tom's decisions and his relationships, what did you think of him saying to Greg at the end, I'll bring you along after being betrayed by Greg? And I thought potentially that was losing smart. everything. You did. I thought that was smart because who like owes him more than Greg? Mm. Who knows more about him than Greg? Who knows, you know, it's almost like he used the fact that he could be this like benevolent, you know, I'll take you in even though you screwed me. Mm. But it's in his best interest to bring Greg along, even if he screwed him because he miscalculated. It was smart of him to have this like one ally gregging for him and i think that he also like really likes greg i think he feels comfort yeah. with greg they're outsiders they're both sort of not taken seriously but then all of a sudden find themselves in like pretty legitimate situations and i think that he wants him around like i think he if he didn't want him around he wouldn't have done it but he does and he it's also smart because Greg could screw him if he's on the outside and he can really help him if he's on the inside. And you can't make a Tomlet without breaking some Gregs. Exactly. You cannot. It was that moment. I mean, when he had those fucking stickers from Logan's apartment, so I was like, this is so exactly right. And it was one of those endings and finales. People talk about whether or not you're going to stick the landing. And I they thought did. they did such an incredible job. This is one of those shows that's such a window into some of the maybe worst aspects of humanity, but also the re repercussions of that when it comes to a, le a family legacy. The unfortunate and painful part of this is that that legacy will continue. But what does that mean? I mean, a Roman saying to his brother, we're nothing. I mean, Loved was that. there not a truer moment than that? And Kendall being like, wow, I have no, no choice but to listen. He couldn't even quickly run after his sister. He was still tackling his brother to the ground and then to just kind of say into the ether aka to frank can we table this for another day like sweetie you lost you yeah. lost the second you said that guy you didn't have a part of that guy's death you lost it maybe well well prior to that it's it's done but it's not the unfortunate thing is it will continue forever for them i completely agree with you they stuck the landing it was the perfect amount of plot and revelation yeah. and pace 
and it had the signature yes and it had the signature succession moments that those like really funny set pieces like the sticker perambulating circuit and like most shows don't like (laughs) it's like most shows don't give you that don't give the airtime for things like that that don't feel needed yeah but it really honestly I'm so glad with how it came out I am I feel content with it and how unfortunate that they're in their dead father's house trying to figure out what parts of him they will keep for their own finding out their older brother's new wife is like let's get rid of everything and then watching that video of their father being so affectionate and connected and knowing that of the three of them none of them were there to witness it Kendall himself saying at one point screaming to Shiv you know I'm the eldest boy and like understanding that's quite literally not the case but also (laughs) What does it mean in, in even Logan's eyes for you to be his child? Right. I mean, it, it's what Shiv said in her eulogy, which is that he always kept them outside the door. Yeah. And it's sad because that hampered them in business. They couldn't really get a sense of what he was doing. And it hampered them in terms of affection. And it's tragic the only word it is it is the ultimate it felt like the ultimate human tragedy that show and I have so many thoughts on it guys so maybe I'll do a little patreon a bonus on succession um but Sammy what thanks for being my succession docent walking me through this this work of art what a pleasure truly I am so sad that it's over and we didn't get to do this more but there will be other shows I are you a white lotus fan you know what? I was just watching random okay. episodes of White Lotus because I needed something to connect me with pain, but with a little bit of oh, an LOL. Perfect. So I was randomly watching random episodes of uh, season one and two. I'm obsessed with White Lotus. Obsessed. Okay. Well, when season three comes back, because Please. after the writer's strike and all that stuff, God so who knows how long it will be. We got a podcast about, about <gasps> White Lotus. Oh my God. Yeah. I would love it. And also knowing that the theme of season three allegedly is death. Oh, Are I thought f- it was religion. I think it's death. I think it's death. There was like this whole Uh thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the way that there there's some fucking theme that somebody was talking about when it came to Mike White that I think they shared too much. But I think it's about like death and maybe rebirth or something. There's something happening. Okay, so like reincarnation. Okay, I'm gonna like death is a big part of it. Okay, well (laughs) there's already been a big big part of it. Yeah, maybe it's like oh I'm so excited. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we learn more. That is honestly in my top five. I have to say, it's always HBO. This is it's always or Mad Men FX. Oh, oh, so Mad Men. AMC. Jesus Christ. But HBO for me has been my like. It is my spiritual Me too. journey. I'm Me too. such an HBO bitch. Me too. I really am. Barry? Are you kidding? I, I have not watched Barry, but it's, <gasps> I'm going to do it next because it's in the to. promos with Succession and White Lotus. So I'm like, okay, well, obviously, number three, I got to complete the puzzle. Barry's going to fuck you up. And Good. especially the last season of Barry when <laughs> yeah. um, Bill Hader had like zero fucks. It's going to fuck you up. It's incredible. Good. I want to get TV. fucked up on that. <laughs> you know, we got to get fucked up every now and again. Yeah. Okay. It's our form of pain and privilege. I mean, HBO, please. Just do not lose your charm just because you changed your name. Just keep going with these like perfect shows. They have the smallest budget of all the streamers and they prove that you can do quality. HBO does? Mm-hmm. Holy Compared shit. to like Netflix. Yeah. That's insane to me because they know how to spend their money well. Apparently not right? on their writers, which they absolutely need to. Shout out to the WGA. But like, my I God. Know. I know. It starts with the writing. It starts and ends with let Jesse Armstrong Literally. light the way. Literally. Jesus. Writing and the acting and then you know everything else yeah oh so my God. speaking of everything else well the story will continue i would love to deep dive when i'll be back anytime you as soon as you'll will. have me i yeah. talk about tomorrow yeah. let's get something yeah. on the cow um <laughs> tell the ag slash tippers maybe that's what we'll call taking it personally i don't know oh, that makes Here's sense a tip although something. i'm workshopping yeah it. I'm workshopping i mean people it. i mean people have their their complaints about the tipping and the computers so it's like i don't you know yeah that's true we don't although they're encourage. good tippers good tippers right the good tippers yeah, out there exactly sammy tell the yeah. folks where they can follow you on social all that and more you can follow me on at sammy on instagram at sammy sage says on tiktok i do a monthly sorry i do a daily i don't think monthly i do a daily (laughs) morning news podcast called the morning announcements it is five minutes i break down all the stories with snark and Mm. sass i do i can't am i allowed to like say my own thing is sassy whatever yes Um, no own it thank you literally own it in the words of lisa renna and more own Own it. it own it renna so it is in it is out every morning, five minutes, you find out everything that's going on for the day. Mm. I'm talking about pop culture, 
news, all of that stuff on Betches. And yeah, that those are all the places. I love it. And guys, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. New Patreon episode up now talking about all things Vanderpump Rules, Reunion Part 2 and more, and a supersized satchel spectacular from a licensed therapist with all thoughts on Raquel and my God, Tom. This was an episode that was, I think the title of this episode has to be It's About Tom. We need yes, yes. We literally need that connective thread between Bravo so and HBO. Toms? Where's everyone? Why is everyone fucking named Tom? Tom D'Agostino. Right. Tom and they're all bad Tom. Girardi. I mean, apologies to any good Tom out there, but representation does matter. And we're not seeing that on our television screens. We should, there should, you know, it'd be such a funny mini satire, like bad Toms, bad moms. (laughs) And they're like, they all sort of, I don't know, come up with a scam together. I'm into it. The only good Tom I know is my childhood guinea pig, Tom, whose full name was Thomasina. She was an angel in the light. Peeping Thomasina? I mean, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to her. Yes. Guys, on that note, hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. 